If you have your Bible, could I encourage you to open it, please, to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. We're going to read from verse 12 through to the end of verse 14. Colossians 2, verse 11, or verse 12 to 14. We're breaking into a section, but Paul says, We are buried with him in baptism, in which you are also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. This is Easter week. We're all aware the children are off school for the last four months since Christmas finished. Easter eggs have been in the shops. And if we're all perfectly honest, we're all going to put on a couple of pounds of weight as a result of eating too much over the next couple of weeks. Easter is a time of celebration. Easter is a time of the family coming together. It's a time of a special dinner. It's a time of holiday. And of course, it's a time of chocolate eggs. But in the midst of all of that, sometimes we lose the real message of Easter. Today in churches across the world, they're celebrating Palm Sunday. But what you have seen here this morning illustrates the Easter message more profoundly than anything else we could possibly do. As a matter of fact, in the early church, whenever a person was baptized, they were a believer and they could be baptized at any time. But subsequent to that, as things became more structured, Easter Sunday was always set aside as a day for baptisms because baptism illustrates perfectly the Easter message. What is the Easter message? Well, in the incoming days, you'll hear and you'll read about it possibly, but the Bible teaches that on Good Friday, that is Friday of this week, according to the calendar, the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross. And then we are told that he was placed in a tomb. And then on Sunday, Easter Sunday morning, he rose again. And I just emphasize that to you. Because our Christian faith, everything we believe, Everything I believe hinges on that one statement that I just made to you. Christ rose again. 
The Apostle Paul says that if Christ didn't rise from the grave, then we are fools. So the fact of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead is a cornerstone, the foundation, everything upon which our faith is built. And what you're seeing this morning is an illustration of resurrection. I've alluded to it already. Dying and rising again. And that's what Paul talks about when he says, when you go under the water, in verse 12, when you are buried with him in baptism, you're coming out different. Your God has raised you from the dead of your old life, from your old way, from your old person. It's quite a strong picture to paint, death. He could have used words like you're alienated from God. He could have said you're separated from God. You're a distance from God, an enemy of God. All other words, but no, he's very specific here. He says you're dead. Many years ago when I was a boy, I went to a wax museum with my parents. We walked around and we looked at all of these various figures. We looked at them amazed at how lifelike they were. Lifelike they were. We came around and there was one of a, a scene of a, a hotel lobby or something like that there. And there was a man sitting at the piano and there were people standing around. We were all amazed how lifelike this was until all of a sudden the man at the piano started to play and everybody around about me including my mother nearly died because he wasn't a wax dummy he was alive and the contrast between dead and alive couldn't be illustrated more than that you're like a wax dummy you, you may look like you're alive and you may look real, but you're missing something. Life. You say, but, but I am alive. I'm breathing. I'm walking. I'm going to eat my lunch. I am alive. The Bible talks about life. It goes beyond that. It's talking about a, a spiritual life. It's talking about the fact that you are spiritually dead. Think about it. If I was to take the analogy, looking at you from a spiritual point of view, you're like a wax dummy. But God says you can have life, real life, eternal life, so, verse 13, he says, you were stuck in your old sin life, dead life. You were incapable of re responding to God, but God brought you alive. Think about it. As a result of 
the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are alive. All of your sins have been forgiven. Notice it's not something that we do. It's not dependent upon what we say or how we behave. It says God, God intervenes. It is a working of God. And when we come to God in simple faith, he says God brings you alive. You become spiritually alive. All your sin is gone. I'm going to give away my age. Do you remember Etch-a-Sketch? I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up. But anybody under the age of 60 probably is sitting scratching their head at the moment wondering what it is. Etch-a-Sketch was phenomenal. You had this pad way, way, way before iPads. You had this pad and you had two knobs on it and you could move the knobs and you could get a little line drawing all sorts of things. Oh, it was fantastic. Technology at its point. When you were finished, you took the pad, you did that. And when you looked at the pad, it was gone. All the writing, all the drawings, was back to where it was. God says, because of the fact that you were spiritually dead, you were dead because of your sin, but God intervened and God gave his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die from us, and God raised him from the dead, and you who were spiritually dead can now have all of your sins forgiven, and you can walk in newness of life. Baptism illustrates that point better than anything else. But he says, the handwriting of the requirements that was against us has been taken away, nailed to the cross. We don't celebrate it, but apparently in America there's a date called Juneteenth Day. You know how it came about? In Texas in 1865, they passed a law to say that slaves were set free. They were emancipated. And as a consequence of that, that date in June has become known as Juneteenth Day. But do you want to know something? Emancipation had taken place three years earlier. The Civil War had brought that about. Clause 3 of the legislation had brought about emancipation for all who were caught in slavery. The only problem was that people in Texas hadn't heard about it. The reality was that the slaves were free, but they hadn't heard about it. They hadn't benefited from it. Nobody had told them. And here's what the Bible says. He has taken our sins out of the way. He's nailed it 
to the cross. Maybe you haven't heard this before. The reality is what is needed for your salvation has been completed. It's done. Jesus Christ was nailed to the cross to die for your sin. And as a consequence, if you come to him in simple faith, like the two boys did, like I did when I was a child, like others have done as adults, if you simply come and ask him into your heart to be the Lord and Savior of your life, it's like that. Wiped clean. No more sin. But more importantly, coming out of water, raised in newness of life. What you saw today does not change the spiritual state or condition of Connor and Joseph. They were both saved. That moment they placed their trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior, they were saved. But through the water of baptism, they want to declare to you all that they have risen in their newness of life, that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. You know, it's a challenge for us all. First of all, it's a challenge of have you not heard? Have you not benefited from the message that salvation is freely available? Have you not benefited from the reality of sins forgiven and the newness of life? As a Christian, have you not followed the commandment of the Lord Jesus Christ? As a believer in Christ, be baptized. It's not something the church made up. It's something which your Lord and Savior commanded. And so therefore, as we sit here this morning, we all come and we look at this empty tank from different perspectives. I ask you to look at it from your perspective. Are you dead? Or alive? Are you obedient? Or not? Let's pray. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, we thank you for the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, which we celebrate at this Easter time. But our Father, we thank you for the picture which we have just seen this morning of death and life, of newness of life, of walking in newness of life, of declaring that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of my life. Pray for Connor and Joseph and ask our Father that you would walk with him in the days that lie ahead. But our Father, as we stand and sit here this morning, even as we sing our closing hymn, as we look at this tank, speak into our lives. Are we dead? Are we obedient? And so our Father, we commit our time to you now in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.